What's up, ghoul kids? Welcome back to another episode of the Ghoulish Gallery with your hosts, me, Tasha, and Journey. Each week, I have a guest from a different location here to tell us about their local spooks, haunted places, cryptids, urban legends, etc. And I will warn you, I am already a natural disaster today, and words are hard. So you're going to have to bear with me this week while we discuss Lincoln, Nebraska with horror author and editor, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Raglan, thank you for your patience and the amount of time it took me to actually get my shit together and <laughs> glad you could join us today. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Tasha. <laughs> so I have actually been to Lincoln. Don't ask me yeah. anything about it because it was... <laughs> It was a very brief trip for a wedding, and then we turned around and drove back. So I didn't really get to see much. We passed like the college campus, um, mm-hmm. and just kind of like drove around a little bit. But most of it was like wedding stuff. So yeah, thankfully it was in June though, and not like the middle of December, because That's really good that terrifies me. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't I don't do cold. It's bad enough that we've had cold here, but yeah. Are, you, are you, do you live in the South? Yeah, I'm in Tennessee now. Okay, um, okay. Originally from New York. And then I spent a couple of years in California and then I ended up down here and I thought I was in the safe zone <laughs> and I am not. So it was like, well, and you were just on vacation too. So was that during that cold snap that we had? It was, kind of right before it so when i got back basically like the next couple days there was a day where we had a high of negative five degrees fahrenheit it was awful so um it's not been too bad lately after that after that cold snap it was it's been pretty okay it surprisingly within like a week it was back up to almost 70 like our weather has just been insane because we we got down to about five degrees and with wind chill they said it was like negative 10 um and they're okay. just not equipped for that here at all yeah, yeah like panic in the streets um so that was that was fun but <laughs> yeah i think that's like everybody's been sick and i'm pretty sure that's probably a big part of it because the weather mm. is psychotic this year yeah yeah and you guys out there don't you have like the huge like you guys will actually shut down portions of the road do you guys have like the bars that come down over the ramps and stuff to like close? No, that's new to me. Oh, I've not heard of that before. <laughs> Where was I? Oh, maybe it was Wyoming. Yeah, you know, because one's super flat and one's really not. <laughs> Why would I know the difference? That's um, all right. We, <laughs> They're right next to each other. We drove somewhere and they actually had like gates that they would drop down over the ramps to the interstate like when things got really bad and i know we saw some of those on the way to jackson hole when i was in wyoming Mm -hmm. but oh that's just that's such a horrifying thought like if anything is horror it's weather and the cold and snow oh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it is nightmarish Um, so with you writing horror, are you also a fan of films? Like what, where did you get started with your love of horror and being involved in it instead of just consuming? Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, ever since I was a little kid, I've been a fan of horror. Uh, I was the type of kid who in elementary school would go to the library with my parents and both of them being English teachers, they didn't really care what I checked out just as long as I was reading. And so I check out books about ghosts and demons and that sort of thing. And um, Stephen King in, I think, probably late middle school was um, what got me into reading horror fiction. Um, in addition to like, you know, kids stuff like scary stories to tell in the dark and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I guess in terms of like my pivot from just consuming horror to being actively involved in it, uh, the pandemic was a big sort of influence there. I'd written some horror before, but I suddenly had all this time. Um, I was a teacher at that point. And um, that first semester of the pandemic, school was essentially optional. We had, um, uh, for equity reasons, like, yes, there's online school, but you are not required to attend. Like you, you're going, going to pass your classes, regardless of whether you attend. Oh, and wow. so I ended up 
teaching very, very little and having a lot of time to write. And um, I took a uh, workshop class with Gabino Iglesias um, that inspired me to start submitting things. And so that kind of got me interested in uh, getting involved in horror in that way. And at one point during the pandemic, I was like, oh, I just need a way to still connect with my friends. And so I started the Cursed Morsels podcast, which at this point is is no longer active. Um, but uh, yeah, it was kind of a way for me to initially talk with friends about short horror stories and just have fun discussions, and then eventually evolved into um, interviews with with horror authors. Um, and that was a really fun couple of years doing those interviews. So um, yeah, that's kind of a brief history of my move from getting interested in horror and being a consumer of it to being more involved in creating it. That's awesome. There's There's been so many people I talk to where I'm like, oh, you're such a badass because they start talking about like watching all these movies when they were kids and just like being completely immersed in it from the very start. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I was that chicken shit who I could read <laughs> horror, but mm-hmm. you know, are you afraid of the dark scared the shit out of me? So yeah, yeah. like <laughs> it took me so long to like really get into horror. And now I'm like, I don't know what my problem was, but oh, it was just awful. So, I mean, I loved, st- I was kind of reading Stephen King and Goosebumps at the same time, instead of kind of starting with one, because I would, we would go to the library all the time and I would read over my mom's shoulder, whatever she mm-hmm. got. She's a Stephen King fan. So yeah. it just kind of threw me into that and I don't I feel like with your imagination and stuff you can take a book to such a scarier place sometimes and you can a movie but for some yeah. reason I'm okay with that <laughs> but movies I was just like mm, not so much yeah yeah it's it's been a lot of fun to hear like the different answers I get to you know they have like that one traumatizing moment as a kid with horror and then all of a sudden all of a sudden they realize they're actually in love with it (laughs) i think my my traumatizing one i didn't actually see the the movie brahm stoker's dracula the the um uh, francis ford coppola one until like a year or two ago Mm -hmm. um but when i was a kid at some point i saw some image of gary oldman with his red eyes as dracula and that just scared the shit out of me as a child and i thought that he was going to float up to my window and break into my room and murder me in the night and so he he haunted me for a very long time that was probably my first like horror related i don't want to use the word trauma too lightly but i'll I'll use it just for for comic effect so yeah yeah. our horror (laughs) like that that (laughs) thing that really sticks with you and just gets under your skin and yeah he's creepy i love that movie though i i'm very glad that i eventually got over that fear enough to actually put it on because it is one of the most lush amazing over-the-top horror movies i've ever seen i don't think i've seen that one yet that's really good right my list just keeps getting longer and longer (laughs) it's like the more i feel like i watch the more i realize i haven't watched yet and that there's so much more to get into and it's Mm -hmm. it it's a list that i'm okay never ending i'm Mm -hmm. normally like it's a little overwhelming to realize there's so much out there but with this stuff Mm -hmm. like just means I always have something to do exactly yeah (laughs) so what do you guys have out there in Nebraska in terms terms of of your spooky things yeah sorry I was thinking hard about this because we have a number of things and I'm not going to go the true crime route and talk about um uh Charles Starkweather because this this isn't really a true crimey uh, podcast from what i understand but um well, no. <laughs> uh, oh, you do okay i've heard well, of he's him Lincoln. i i've i've seen charles starkweather's grave it's very close to my house so Ooh. um but uh yeah in terms of um kind of spooky stuff i have i guess one ghost story that i'd like to share and then one cryptid story uh the ghost one is much more local and i think honestly like yes i'm biased because it's a nebraska ghost story but i i also genuinely think it's one of the most fascinating uh, real life ghost stories I've ever heard. Um, yeah. and I don't know if you want me to just launch into it or, or what, but I'm yeah, whichever, I'm to, whichever so. one you want to start with. It's yeah. your show, man. <laughs> so the, the ghost story, uh, this takes place in, in Lincoln, Nebraska at Wesleyan university. Um, I believe this was in the sixties, um, the 1960s and, uh, for a little context, um, there was at one point, um, this instructor at Wesleyan university, she was a piano instructor in the music department, um, named Clara Mills. 
And um, she actually died in her office in the music building on campus. And a student was was the person who found her. And that was like in the 1940s. Oh. And so jump ahead to, well, well, I should also say she spent about like 28 years teaching there, um, which is pretty amazing. Um, but jump ahead to the 1960s. And um, there was this experience with um, this woman on campus, I believe um, well, she was an employee of some sort, maybe a, a secretary. And um, she was tasked with, you know, delivering a message to um, this guest lecturer who'd been brought in. And so she goes into the the old music building. And as soon as she enters this room, she smell like the, the smell very abruptly changes. It smells really musty and stale. And the rest of the building really doesn't smell like that. And all the noise that she'd heard in the hallway of like students in their classes, it just suddenly fades and it's very silent. Mm. And so she looks into this room that's essentially the old office room, the old piano room. And she sees this woman kind of standing by a cabinet um, across the hall or uh, across the room. And she senses behind her this, this presence of a man. And she turns around and doesn't see a man. Not there. Looks back. You know, the woman is still there. But what's most startling is when she turns toward the window, um, it's like she has been transported in time. And so normally, like in this this building, um, if you're looking out the window, you would be able to see a sorority across the street. Well, oh. when she looks out, there is no street. There is no sorority. It's like Nebraska Prairie from years and years and years and years ago. Oh, wow. Um, like this, like she's been transported in time, maybe back to when Clara Mills was was alive and instructing. Don't really know. Um, she flees the room because she's terrified. And... and um, describes essentially what she saw because that yeah the, the people are no longer there in that room and she's describing this woman's like oh she's kind of tall sort of pale dark long hair i don't remember the specific details to the appearance mm -hmm. and um someone's like oh I, well i think you saw clara mills i think you saw the ghost of clara mills and so this employee um she um damn sorry never really this oh no you're good you're, you do okay <laughs> okay she's dying it's okay Next ghost story, right here. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. But I, this employee, she uh, was never really the same after that. And a lot of people said she seemed like permanently changed by the experience. And I would imagine so. quit her job at some point. She moved to Colorado and then kind of her whereabouts were, were unknown after that. Um, and there were other people who saw Clara Mills um, ghost or presumably Clara Mills ghost. Uh, but no one who'd had an experience quite like that before um, mm. of seeing not just like the ghost of a person, but like the ghost of a place. And I think it's the ghost of a place piece that really, really fascinates me. Like yeah. I am deeply envious of this woman, even though I'm sure she was very traumatized by this experience. <laughs> um, and they like brought in psychics and investigators and that sort of thing. Um, and they they did get the sense that, yeah, probably this was Clara Mills, but um, they had, they still really have no idea who that male presence might have been mm. um so i think personally that's one of the most fascinating true ghost stories i've heard um purely because of the the place element to it oh um, yeah just like shockingly weird and yeah, yeah that's, that's not... there's a reason i i had this book uh, i borrowed it from my parents uh, a guide <laughs> to the ghosts of lincoln that's awesome and this one is like the opening banger of it and like all the others are good but you know they're just going to pale in comparison yeah it's they such don't... a good story <laughs> i mean of all oh my god <clears throat> i've been fine all day Yeesh. um yeah like i i love watching you know documentaries and things like that where mm -hmm. people talk about encounters that they've had and that's not i mean i don't know that i've ever heard of you know it being such an immersive experience yeah. as opposed to mm -hmm. just you know feeling the presence or seeing something um, right I just, I don't even know, I wouldn't even know how to react. I don't know if I would just like take my glasses off, kind of rub my eyes, make sure everything's okay. Like, <laughs> I just, mm -hmm. oh yeah, that would be, I mean, it would be a really cool experience, but I can definitely see why that would leave a very lasting impression. Yeah, absolutely. On someone. <clears throat> um, and there, and she did it say if she died of natural causes or if she was, if there was foul play involved or. 
for for Claire Mills. I, yeah. I think that she just died of natural causes, just like kind of collapsed in her office and and died there. Um, yeah, I feel like that's a whole nother type of horror, like dying yeah. at work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the I work at a different university um, uh, in Lincoln, Nebraska, and uh-huh. um, the floor below me there is a, this story of this philosophy professor who actually he he jumped to his death. It's a very high building. Uh, I think in the eighties or something and on the 10th floor, there are still evidently sometimes reports of people encountering a ghostly presence that they speculate is probably him. Um, oh, so that one is is sad, very sad, but um, I work in a building that has kind of ghosts associated with it as well. Oh, that's fun. Have you ever had any kind of experiences while you're there or in general, really? Not, not at my work. Um, we do have a museum in Nebraska and I, I don't know that many other places have museums like this but it is a haunted and cursed object museum (gasps) and it's wild i've had some weird experiences there Mm -hmm. but the strangest one i had was uh, an experience in what they call doll hall which is exactly what it sounds like it is a hall full of haunted dolls (laughs) and i was walking through uh, i was on kind of a guided tour and i was like the last one in the line so there was no one behind me Uh, no human living human presence behind me and I suddenly feel at like about a child level, something tug very hard on the back of my bottom of my shirt. I spin around. Absolutely. No one is there. Oh, I think, God. you know, think about like what sort of spirits attach themselves to dolls. Well, it's like child spirits. And so yeah. um, I still don't know necessarily if I believe in ghosts. I'm pretty, eh, I'm pretty conflicted about it, but um, yes. that would be for me, like the most affirming experience for something like that. Cause I was like, well, literally no one was behind me. I felt that tug very, very clearly. That was not like my back spasming or something. Right. Um, I don't know what the hell that was. So <laughs> I had Derek Hutchin asked me this question and I felt like I kind of jinxed myself when I did, but <laughs> his question to me was like, what <clears throat> kind of experience would you have to have that would like mm. immediately just be like, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm um and of course my response was oh like I would just have to like see something go flying across the room and then I was like oh if there's anything in here please don't send things flying across the room yeah no kidding <laughs> but what that, that might convince me too though yeah right mm-hmm. um and ironically that same night um I went to bed and got all situated and then I heard a crash from somewhere else in the house and it turns out my shower curtain rod had fallen down Okay. Um, I was spooky. like oh no what did I do yeah yeah <laughs> so what what kind of experience would it have to be like to the extent of you know what this woman experienced with Clara or would something lesser do the trick I, I think it would I don't think an experience like that would actually make me believe in ghosts and the reason I say that is because I think I would assume that I was needing psychological help that that would be my assumption coming <laughs> out of that and i i say that very sincerely like like i i must be experiencing some sort of psychosis uh-huh. um but i think like it, you're you're right about the poltergeist activity thing because it's like well something physical is happening here like something is flying across the room i can see it with my own eyes and then i can touch it and i can interact with it yeah um i can see the dent in the wall from where this bowl you know slammed into the drywall mm-hmm. um and so for me, like that would be more affirming than uh, Clara Mills seeing into the past type of experience. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. My favorite stuff in terms of like the ghost hunting things is like when they try to debunk, you know, things that they've caught and recreate mm-hmm. things and stuff like that. So I can definitely see where that would be something where, you know, it'd be like, oh my gosh, I, I just had a stroke or, <laughs> you know, something yeah. like that <clears throat> in terms of like the smells and and all of that so yeah that makes sense i can see that yeah, yeah. um but mm-hmm. yeah it's it's definitely hard to argue with you know like you said something that you can actually interact with and see and touch uh, yeah, that yeah. would 1000 percent do it for me um mm-hmm. and hopefully i'm not jinxing myself again because i about <laughs> died when that curtain rod fell. <laughs> like i've i've lived uh, yeah. here at that point i had been living here for almost a year and it hadn't fallen mm-hmm. so i was like I did it. I just, I opened my big mouth and <laughs> somebody in here was like challenge accepted. And this is going to be horrible. <laughs> yep. Yep. <clears throat> now I'm trying to, I, 
it's been so long since I've done anything with history that Nebraska were they like on the way to like Oregon Trail Wild West yeah I've actually seen um we still have some areas of Nebraska that have the ruts of the Oregon Trail and so like western Nebraska I've gotten to see some parts really very beautiful uh in the the western part of the the state with these sand hills it's very hilly up and down and um yeah you can still see some ruts so oh my gosh um, there is that piece of history here too so there's been lots of like dysentery deaths in Colorado and (laughs) everything else I died of along the way when I was trying to play (laughs) (laughs) yeah I love history but it's been so long since I've really looked into it and especially because I feel like so much of it can tie into horror you know especially with things like ghosts Mm -hmm. and cryptids and things like that Mm -hmm. I feel like I need to start brushing up on my my history stuff again me too (laughs) it's but then it's like oh yeah I'll just you know set aside time for that in between everything else like (laughs) (laughs) or not now are you an English teacher as well I used to be. I uh, left the classroom um, in the spring to do something else. So I'm an academic advisor at this point. Oh, nice. Um, but uh, yeah, still involved in education. That was cool. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a history teacher at one point, and I probably would have taken the high school route and seeing what some mm-hmm. kids are like these days. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> just hearing my kids, sister, she's 16 kids. and oh, yeah. will be just hearing her talk about some of the things that happen at school i'm like no mm-hmm. <laughs> no it's uh it's a wild place kids are delightful and they're also um sometimes awful and nightmarish so <laughs> <laughs> it is a mixed bag but mostly mostly very lovely so mm-hmm. i went back recently for a, to do a horror literature uh, they have, there's a horror literature course that i created that is still being taught there oh, that's um awesome. and i got to do a guest lecture and see some of my old students and it was like 95 percent delightful and huh. then five percent hey can you put your phone away please <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah i i have a love-hate relationship with kids like they terrify me um especially in any form of horror i mm-hmm. feel like they are one of the most terrifying elements that can be brought into something um mm-hmm. on the other hand like it's really fun to watch them like grow and develop their own personality and everything um yeah. And you just have to try really hard to not be like, is, is this the sign of them turning into the spawn of Satan? Like (laughs) (laughs) I saw this movie, I saw all the symptoms. I'm I'm trying really hard not to, not to contemplate this too hard. Yeah. So what cryptid do you guys have out there? Yeah. So uh, this is one that doesn't get talked about very much. It was, uh, well, let me back up a little bit. We periodically have Bigfoot sightings, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Someone's got to put like a tracker on that that big boy and just make sure he's <laughs> not like, you know, if, if a Bigfoot's coming here, I think he's very, very, very lost. Um, <laughs> seems like far from his territory. Um, <laughs> Went from the Pacific Northwest, Northwest right. to Nebraska. It's like, what you doing, pal? <laughs> but um the, the one that we have here um, that had more notoriety in the late 1920s is the Walgren Lake monster. And uh, it's sort of hard to describe a picture of this because they're really conflicting Mm -hmm. um, accounts. Like it ranges in these accounts anywhere from 20 feet to like 400 feet, uh, which is ridiculous. Like that, that range is absurd to me. Um, And um, it's, it's been described as looking like a catfish, like a mud puppy, like an alligator, but really, really big, like a too large beaver. Um, uh, it, it's got a horn in the middle of its head, supposedly. Uh, so there, the, the physical description <laughs> is um, kind of all over the place. Um, <laughs> this, this cryptid is in Western Nebraska. So it's in Sheridan County uh, uh-huh. around this town called uh, Hay Springs. And as I was researching it today, I was looking at a map. I was like, oh, wait, I've like driven right past this place before. Um, uh, it's like, six hours away from me so i'm you know i can't just like make a day trip of it or something like that yeah. but next time i'm out there i very much want to visit this lake and see see what i can spy um but i guess for a little more information about this uh 
there were Native American legends about this lake and some sort of monster that lived in it. And then uh, again, in kind of like the late 1920s, residents of this town um, that still exists, like 500 people, um, I think something like 11 of them came forward and said, I've seen this thing. And so news kind of uh, went from very local all the way to like a London newspaper. Oh, wow. Um, so it it did make kind of a splash, no pun intended, um, in <laughs> during that time, <laughs> which is kind of wild for like a Western Nebraska cryptid. Yeah. Um, but there's some really strange lore around it. Like, so one of the pieces is like how when this thing moves it shakes the ground for miles around and and the specific wording of these accounts is that um people for miles around would feel seasick feeling its shakes which is a really strange description given that nebraska is Land. you know that, that part of it is <laughs> sand hills it's really bizarre yeah. um this thing would supposedly eat a lot of people's livestock um and when it was doing so it would belch these like big green thick clouds that would just be utterly nauseating and people like repeatedly talked about like the stench of this thing and then the sort of the weirder side of this too i mean all of this is kind of weird obviously but um <laughs> is the this group of kind of like fundamentalists um christians in that area were also like oh this thing was put on this earth by satan to test our faith it's it's the same as dinosaur bones satan put it here to test our faith um and so like there's just all this really strange lore around it um uh, the lore only got like wilder and more supernatural like into like the 1960s and then oh. it sort of like faded into obscurity since then um there's not a whole, whole ton about it um i'm sure they probably in hay springs sell t-shirts or something oh, yeah, yeah. not a lot of people in nebraska talk about it if if i asked around maybe like a couple people in a hundred would even know about the Walgren Lake monster, but uh, not a very big thing anymore. Oh <laughs> so gosh. poor dude, <laughs> whatever the hell it looks like, the, the that, poor that 20 foot up. to 400 foot dude. <laughs> so I, I work as a dispatcher and a good chunk of the phone calls that we receive through our agency are people who are driving on the interstate and they're just calling <laughs> to complain about another vehicle. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't want to say I've entirely lost my faith in humanity, but I've come close. <laughs> okay. Like some of the descriptions that people will give, they'll be like, oh, it's um, it's it's white or black or maybe red. Um, oh it was it was a car or an SUV. Um, uh, like the descriptions that they give are just so <laughs> off the wall and it's like you you saw this vehicle right like you you saw with your mm -hmm. own eyes and I understand that eyewitness testimony is not you know the most reliable source but I would expect that you could like narrow this down a little bit yeah just, yeah just a little like what <laughs> is it light colored is it dark colored mm -hmm. is it big is it small <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's either a beaver or it's an alligator. I don't really know. Right? It's so. the the 20 foot beaver, 400 foot alligator yeah. <laughs> somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. And how how or if you know, like how big of a body of water is it that it Oh, I don't know. I I looked at some pictures and it looked fairly large. Uh, huh. I did sort of wonder if the lake is a different size than it used to be because a lot of these like more recreational lakes uh, get expanded. Mm. Um, so I, I really don't know. It might be larger now than it was then. So Interesting. Mm -hmm. These hearing these stories always make me want to do all this research. Like how far did it stray from the lake? Like how far were, was livestock disappearing from the lake? I mean, yeah. if it was 400 feet too. long, like it wouldn't have had mm -hmm. to travel very far. But if it was 20 feet long and a beaver, yeah. then, uh -huh. I mean, that's a carnivorous beaver, which is also terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I love thinking about how much of them could also be like games of telephone where, yeah, yeah. you know, it starts off one way and next thing you know, it's something totally different and everybody believes it's the same thing. Um <clears throat> In the recording I just did last time, we were talking about uh, Salem and the witch trials mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And 
one of the charges against one of the women was that she was bewitching pigs. And I was like, well, what does a bewitched pig do? No kidding. <laughs> Versus I didn't a even know a pig, pig is bewitched. <laughs> like, did they walk in and find it sitting at the table having tea? Like, <laughs> what, what constitutes like an unnatural behavior from a pig yeah, that they yeah. were so concerned about? <laughs> Like my dog is pretty smart. There's probably some stuff that he does that they're like, oh nope, that's that's Satan dog. It's mm-hmm. they're a witch. They're a witch. It's awful. <laughs> now, this museum, mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember if I saw a documentary or just so it's called the Museum of Shadows. I don't know if that the name rings a bell, but that sounds vaguely familiar. Mm-hmm. trying to think it might even have been the friend that that lives out there that mm-hmm. said something mm-hmm. about it um, so i know it's had some press around it uh zach bagans from ghost adventures has gone there to investigate um maybe. the the owners of the museum put out a documentary on i think amazon prime or something and then uh there have been some ghost youtube channels that have featured it as well so, um, that sounds so familiar. yeah, and they supposedly have, I, I don't know how they mathematically calculate this, the second most haunted doll in the world. So, <laughs> I always right love behind Annabelle claims yeah. like that. Yep. Like what, <laughs> like when someone says that they have the most delicious or world mm-hmm. famous, like did one person show up from another country and say, oh, I've heard about this because I have relatives yeah. here and all of right. a sudden they're like world famous like where what are the requirements for this to to be a thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of shadows Mm -hmm. the doll is kind of cool i mean they with their tours they spend a fair amount of time attempting to communicate with her and i i do have to admit like it is very active when you use like the evp detectors and um ovalis devices and those sorts of Mm -hmm. things uh, much more than other parts of the museum which uh, the cynical part of me is like, do they have something rigged? Is there, but, (laughs) but the part of me that wants to believe is like, oh yeah, this, this doll is haunted as fuck. Like, yeah. Right. (laughs) Obviously like it's, it's terrifying. Oh man. Mm -hmm. But they have a cool YouTube channel. They have videos of this doll Ada in her glass case uh, moving um, that are pretty creepy videos. So. Oh, Mm-hmm. oh gosh so what is something like if you're watching movies what is something in particular that scares the crap out of you without fail Ooh, that's tricky um i don't get scared by movies very often i'm so jealous um, <laughs> <laughs> even though i love them and i can watch them on my own now <laughs> i still yeah. like have to double check the lock sometimes and <laughs> i don't <laughs> I know that it's like I don't think it's like a predictable thing. Um, the last one that I was scared by was Skin and Marink. Um, I've heard which, so much about that and I haven't yeah, seen it yet. It's a it's a wild one. It's very, very strange. Um, and it has one specific scene that I won't spoil too much, but it is in a bedroom um, and is like among one of the most like eerie, like just skin crawling scenes I've seen in a movie in just ages. Um yes. So yeah, I can't really I can't really specify what it is when something scares me. Probably the the horror movie besides you know Gary Oldman and Bram Stoker's Dracula scaring me when I was a child. Um, I think probably the one that scared me the most was It Follows. Mm-hmm. I remember after that like going outside to take out the trash, and then like looking around <laughs> me everywhere. I'm like it's, it's following me, and then right? like literally, and I you know at this point I was in my twenties and I was like. And I ran back into the house. I'm like, why the fuck am I running back into the house? It's so stupid. But that movie really scared me for a few days. I was like genuinely watching my back and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, again, I don't think it's predictable what what is going to scare me. It's just um, just happens sometimes. Are <laughs> it has you, to be a well-crafted movie. Are you a fan of jump scares or do you not like jump scares? I feel like most people are kind of split into one side or the other. Um, I don't Either. like when they're excessively used. I, I think that they can be really effective Mm -hmm. um and like the people who don't like them i think are most of the time being exposed to movies that overuse them 
and don't really like execute them in, in particularly interesting ways. But I think like mm -hmm. if you use them sparingly um, in a way that is like cinematically really well thought out and with, with pacing that justifies it mm -hmm. and the jump scare itself doesn't immediately dissolve the tension, then I think like that's an effective jump scare. Like the the worst thing a jump scare can do, in my opinion, is like immediately dissolve the attention by being like, whoa. And you're like, oh, like I yeah. want a jump scare where I'm like, oh, and then I'm like, I'm still like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> that's my ideal jump scare. I think what I've mostly just because I've watched so much horror in the last year and didn't really like, I, I feel like I finally start to understand the differences in things and can identify yeah. things better. And there were two movies that came out last year, um, The Newest Scream and mm -hmm. Barbarian. Have mm -hmm. you seen both of those? I've seen Barbarian, but not the Scream one. Okay. So like the scenes, and I'll mark it for spoilers. People by now should know if they're going to listen to this podcast, they should watch that movie because I'm, I'm <laughs> obsessed with it. I talk about it all the time. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but the scene where she is downstairs for the first time and she's finding that room with the camera oh yeah where there's so many opportunities for there to be jump scares and nothing happens and they set it up so oh, yeah. well like you're waiting for it mm -hmm. and then it's not there and then it's not there like i i feel like that is probably one of the most effective devices i guess that i saw last year that really stood out to me yeah um because it just you know they set it up the camera angles and everything and you're just like oh this is oh no where is it oh my gosh when's it gonna happen yeah so <laughs> i'm particularly jumpy anyways so i guess i'm just so used to it that you know i i know that i'm gonna jump with a lot of things mm -hmm. um so <laughs> it's hard for me sometimes to tell when it's effective jump scares and when i'm just being a chicken mm -hmm. um <clears throat> But that, I think that's turned into my new favorite, favorite thing with horror movies. Yeah. Yeah. But there really don't seem to have been a ton that, that utilize that either. So I don't know mm -hmm. if that'll be a new trend. Um, Hopefully. That, that would be nice. Cause that's the tension from that, where you're just waiting this whole time. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's so stressful. <laughs> I feel like it's like blowing up a balloon that looks big enough that it could pop right and then being like uh is it gonna pop then... <laughs> yes or you mm, see that little no, patch yet. on it <laughs> is it oh, oh oh it looks a little thin <laughs> and then it just never pops and, and then and you, you leave can see movie. like that one patch on there where you can tell it's thinner material on the balloon mm -hmm, than the mm -hmm. rest of it the color is a little off and you're like oh no that's that's gonna mm -hmm. happen yeah <laughs> yeah that has that's been one of my favorites is just the the stress and kind of coming to terms with the fact that it's okay if a movie doesn't have an ending I like <laughs> mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. that's usually going to be the case with a horror movie but yeah. learning to appreciate how much it sticks with me afterwards if it's something that I can still have a good conversation about like three months later you know where this movie just kind of like left you hanging and you're still trying to sort out what happened mm -hmm. um i just finally saw donnie darko a couple months oh, ago yeah. mm -hmm. um and that the way that movie ended i just the whole thing was just a mind fuck <laughs> so <laughs> like something like that normally i i would be like kind of annoyed because it's there's just so much unexplained and so many loose ends and that's usually not my jam but <laughs> I am proud to say that I have grown up and you know obviously like as a filmmaker you want people to continue talking about your films for yeah. years to come and what better mm -hmm. way to do that than leave things so open-ended and mm -hmm. so much room for interpretation with things yeah I'm a big fan of tantalizing loose ends. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's do you have shutter? Please tell me you have shutter. I do. I okay. Do. Yep. Did you see what Josiah shot? What Josiah saw? Um, I don't think I saw that one. Um, uh, that was that was a good one where there was the ending left so much open to interpretation. Mm -hmm. Um <clears throat> 
I think signing up for Shutter is like the best decision I've ever made in my entire life. Yeah. There's <laughs> like, a ton of good stuff. <laughs> so obsessed. Um, you know, not watching horror movies for so long. It gave me the opportunity to catch up on the classics because they do have yeah. some of the older stuff. And I got really upset. One of my one of the girls that I work with, she used to be like my horror movie buddy because we would work overnights and it would just be the two of us. So that's mm-hmm. what we would do all night. Um, and she awesome. signed up for Shutter, and she was like, "It's awful. I canceled it. Like it was oh. just all indie stuff and like foreign films and older <sighs> stuff." And I was like, "What is wrong with you?" <laughs> like there's so i feel like shutter has just been on a roll this last year yeah yeah their original exclusives and mm-hmm. everything else and she's like no it didn't have like all the mainstream stuff because like, you can get that everywhere else like yeah yeah it's a boutique you know? streaming service <laughs> i was so disappointed um so in terms of like cryptids where excuse my add and my uh my best friend laughs at me because she listens to the episode and she was like, you don't prepare any kind of outline or anything for these, do you? And I was like, no, why? And she's like, it's very like stream of consciousness. <laughs> like, yes, yes, it is. Thank you very much. <laughs> so in terms of like cryptids, aliens, that sort of thing, where do you sit in level of belief with those? Uh, I think definitely I want to believe um, especially cryptids, I think they're really interesting. Um, uh, I think especially from the perspective of like, well, kind of how do you define a cryptid? I'm thinking about, you know, species that like, oh, well, is this species extinct? And then, you know, species that will, what are they called? Like Lazarus species? I don't remember the name, but like a species that will be declared officially extinct and then be found at some point, like there was some bird that was found like a hundred years after it supposedly went extinct and it's like oh nope it's actually still living in <laughs> surprise I think it was like malaysia or something like that and so like i know that's not really a cryptid but kind of is it's like for me like on a similar level of of intrigue um yeah. as being like a very mysterious thing that you know like we have eight billion people on earth at this point like how did it take us like a hundred years to to realize again like oh wait no this this species is actually still here oh yeah um uh in terms of aliens i was actually just talking to my mom about this today because again i went over to her house to get the ghosts of lincoln book yeah and um she was talking to me about some documentary she watched um that was not ancient aliens it was like a more legit thing <laughs> it's talking about like <laughs> certain like strange transmissions we've recorded from outer space and like this this it was like a 200 meter long sort of cylindrical object that was going very very fast that was recorded in like 2017 and so with stuff like that i mean my mom was very jazzed on it and her talking about it got me jazzed on it and like and one of my favorite books of all time is contact by carl sagan so again like that's one of those things where it's like oh i really want to believe yeah um i think with something like that i'm more inclined to believe that there is like alien life out there than than there is like a cryptid um or a ghost but uh, yeah, I just am generally a, a skeptical person who who still enjoys entertaining the idea of something and wanting it to be real. So yeah, that's kind of where I am. And I think I love movies and stories with horror that involve like deep sea, um, mm-hmm. you know, these areas of yeah. Earth that, you know, as small as it kind of is today that we still haven't even been able to to breach at all yeah so mm-hmm. yeah i think i think it definitely depends on definition of cryptid because i definitely think there are a lot of things out there that we have not encountered mm-hmm. yet and i'm a little terrified for when we do because people make poor choices as yes. all of us <laughs> horror fans are aware <laughs> <laughs> we have seen so many poor choices made <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is. Um, I try to think. There was a, a horrifying looking fit. It was like the Seal Camp. Oh yeah, yeah. That That's another thought, cryptid adjacent one. Yeah, they <laughs> thought it was extinct for like the longest time, and then all of a sudden, you know, somebody's out fishing, and boom. Uh, <clears throat> so you know, it's not extinct. My sister caught seven of them in Animal Crossing. 
you know, obviously it's still real. Is that one of the fish you can get? Yeah, you can catch it in there. (gasps) Oh no, I'm going to be, I I haven't been on much since new year's. And I know Mm -hmm. that, you know, every month, sometimes there's new ones available. So since Mm -hmm. I'm on my staycation currently, there will be lots of fishing and bug catching. (laughs) Good good luck with the seal camp. Yeah. Uh, that has been the worst best decision I have made (laughs) (laughs) like I ordered my Nintendo Switch Lite when I had COVID and had nothing else Mm -hmm. to do and of course everybody was like oh you have to get Animal Crossings and now all of a sudden it's made this comeback with us at work and we all bring in our switches to work and it's really fun busy we're like visiting each other's islands and dropping off stuff they need and love it (laughs) it's like the most anybody where i work gets along is when (laughs) when there's a video game (laughs) animal crossings building bridges (sighs) but yeah i aliens i feel like it's kind of a statistical thing like as Mm -hmm. as big as the universe is what are the odds now in terms of intelligence levels and stuff like that i definitely feel like we're we're on the lower end of the scale despite Mm -hmm. mankind's belief in things um but yeah i i don't know they they absolutely terrify me that is one thing that will always get me in a horror movie is aliens mm-hmm. dark skies the fourth kind signs um all of them because mm-hmm. i feel like of all things it's probably one of the most likely or mm-hmm. possible i guess <sighs> words are so hard oh they're so hard i um, think with with aliens like it's cool to think about like there are those theories that a lot of cryptids are also aliens um and maybe ghosts too like this sort of like ambiguous hybrid thing like people talking about how like oh bigfoot like actually maybe an alien you never know or mothman definitely an alien um i don't know it's just like it makes it a little more like whack and out there but also way Mm. more fun too like okay yeah let's go for it (laughs) like like the idea is that you know these cryptids that we have were the result of alien genetic experimentation and Mm -hmm. you know they just kind of dropped them off here to see what would happen yeah yeah that's i want i'm trying to remember what was that i just talked to i i book a bunch of recordings like all at once and then i'm good Mm -hmm. to go for a while and then i book another batch and then i'm good and unfortunately sometimes that leads to struggling (laughs) to remember who i had this conversation with um, but okay. they were talking about Bigfoot and, oh, I think it was Brian, which is an, well, it'll be out by the time this one comes out. Um, and there are a lot of documentaries that he's seen where they discuss how much people have also seen UFOs or like strange lights in the sky and that sort of thing in areas where there are, you know, high reports of Bigfoot sightings and yeah, yeah. and that sort of thing. So it's like, oh, you know, it's is Bigfoot just on vacation? Like that's why we can't ever find him. He's just here for like a week at a time just to stir things mm-hmm. up and then goes back to his home planet and uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. waits, waits till his next vacation. <laughs> I love those. I don't know if you've seen those maps that like look at sites of high strangeness and how a lot of them are like, Oh, here's a map of the U S cave systems. Here's a map of, you know, like cryptid and alien ghost and whatever sightings and like they're they're like laid on top of each other and i know like a lot of it is like sort of conspiratorial but again it's just very fun to think about like oh yeah. these like really weird cave systems like what the hell is in there like um i don't know these, the these are sites of like high darkness and magic and um and strangeness and i just think that's cool oh yeah skinwalker <laughs> oh, the, Ranch. The, the descent that one scares me oh that's a scary that, movie yeah yes that i i'm kind of claustrophobic so that alone was mm-hmm. enough from that aspect that would do it but yeah the idea of you know these critters down there that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of like deep in the ocean you know these unexplored areas that we haven't gotten to yet you know who knows what's in there 
mm-hmm. is yeah that was absolutely i i didn't care for the second one as much but the first one yeah me neither really, mm-hmm. oh my god that was terrifying uh, yeah but yeah the caves and i said skinwalker ranch is one that i will always be yeah obsessed with i what a weird place oh my gosh it is and does your mom watch ancient aliens because that is totally my guilty pleasure no. show oh. she doesn't i think this this one was like a pbs documentary about very, a very well researched pbs documentary <laughs> those Nothing are about I the do... pyramids or blah 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 yeah uh, that's a fun i yeah ancient aliens is like my biggest guilty pleasure because most of it i sit there and it just it's entertaining but then there's like every once in a while they bring up this point where i'm like oh okay that (laughs) that actually made me stop and think for a second like thank you i appreciate that um otherwise aliens Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. always aliens the others i have a recording set up with a girl who lives about two hours from me and mm-hmm. i'm excited to hear some of the more local things because surprisingly yeah. like just asking around with my friends um nobody really knows anything and i know there absolutely have to be stories all over oh, the yeah. place i mean mm-hmm. in the south and the civil war history alone mm-hmm. you know it's all over the place so and i found out there's one everybody's heard about it like six times at this point but there's one literally 15 minutes up the road that i found out because one of my friends sent me a link of like the scariest story from every state and i pulled up tennessee's and i was like that town is where i take journey for his training like it's (laughs) it's 15 minutes up the road (laughs) like how how did nobody tell me about this guy who was apparently skinned alive because he got caught with somebody else's wife like whoa i feel like yeah that's that's a haunting that you know you feel like would kind of get around so it just it's always amazing to me to hear and it's fun too like people that start looking more into what's around them and they're like i had no idea this was even a thing until i started looking into it yeah yeah i like to think i'm like somewhat educational assisting the public here yeah serving a greater purpose (laughs) 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 trying so hard um now if i remember correctly for a sharp right turn again here um (laughs) you just had something come out last month correct last month i did being december when this is mm-hmm. recorded but so what and there's an well i saw that you have hopefully a submission call opening this sounds super exciting too by yeah. the time players will have known yes but yeah what, what you got give me details so, so i have a few things um the, the next few months are gonna be kind of crazy um last month i had my second short story collection come out it's called extinction hymns it's out through brigadescape press and uh it is sort of a collection of not just like ecological horror but like horror that deals with the idea of extinction whether of like a species or of a dream or a relationship or like a part of yourself um that's kind of like what it's all about uh i think it's really good so y'all should pick it up um yeah and then i have a a few things in the works so the one that's coming soon in terms of a submission call is uh no trouble at all we're actually doing fundraising for it for part of january and all of february i'm doing a kickstarter campaign it is an anthology of polite horrors and um there's going to be an open submission call and then we have some really cool people on board um as invited contributors so mm. uh gwendolyn keist and paula d ash jw mccarthy uh, zin e rocklin wendy wagner nadia balkin wow. sarah tantlinger um i hope i didn't forget anyone <laughs> anyway a lot, of, a lot of really cool people That's um pretty fantastic I'm list. assuming that kickstarter will be successful and that it will come into being sometime around june and then I have like two other things in the works too. Um, I already mentioned that I am formerly a teacher. Um, I'm editing kind of a mini anthology of uh, teacher horror stories by teachers or former teachers. Oh. Um, it's called Bitter Apples. 
Um, uh, I will have a story in that, as will Corey Ferenkopf, uh, Christy Nogle, Cynthia Gomez, uh, Keith Rawson, Emma J. Gibbon, um, and I think, oh, Shane Hawk. Um, and so that one's going to be really fun. I think that'll come out in April. And then uh, one more thing. I'm sorry, it's a really busy year. No, not at <laughs> um, all. That's, that's the whole point is to give you yeah. that chance to. So it's like a split collection with um, Laura Gislason and Shelly Levine um, called Sick! Exclamation point. Stories from the Goop Troop. And it is all just stories kind of celebrating the grotesque. Um, has a really disgusting cover that I love. And that is going to come out through Darklit Press. I don't know the release date yet, but hopefully middle of the year would be mm-hmm. great so <laughs> yeah that's kind of awesome. what's uh what's going on um it is a, like a busy wild year for publishing and i'm awesome. sure after that my luck will run out and there will be like a 10-year drought <laughs> um, so, but we'll see we'll see we'll, we'll try not to aim for 10 years but <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny how it it seems like all of a sudden things pick up so quickly for people and then it just kind of like yeah. drops off and then it's, it's weird crazy is so strange chaos again and it's like if we could just like spread this out and <laughs> give us a happy medium you yeah, know, that, yeah. that would be good i'd be okay with that <laughs> it's like with editing work like it seems like things come through all at once and i'm like on the verge of being afraid i'm gonna have to turn down work and then there's mm-hmm. like that spell where it's like i'm guessing people are just on vacation right and yep. <laughs> So it's just it's all one extreme or the other there's never never any in between um yeah i will i will get a list of your socials and have all that linked and then of course once you once the i think by the time this comes out it'll be let me see probably probably beginning ish of no it'll be like the end of february beginning of march okay. um, awesome but you know as the kickstarter and stuff comes out then you know i'll definitely be sharing all that and thank you spreading the word because i i was very curious when i saw that it said polite horror i was like now what constitutes as polite <laughs> horror so i had to go through and read and i i think there will be some fantastic stories in there with that kind I of think so too. that kind of concept so and yeah, i'm definitely gonna, gonna be keep my eyes out for the the teacher one because i know a lot of teachers and Thanks. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> I, I've only read one of the stories so far because the, the stories aren't technically due until the end of February, but mm-hmm. the one I've read is just phenomenal and like heartbreaking and really unusual. Yeah. Um, I won't give out too many details, but it, it takes place in an educational setting I'm totally unfamiliar with. Uh-huh. Um, that would be like a really extreme situation in which to teach. So um, uh-huh. yeah, I just, I'm looking forward to a very wide variety of approaches to you know what is it about this profession that's horrifying um yeah yeah because i know you know the very limited horrors of the high school i taught at but like oh, what about teaching middle school what about elementary school what about a private school or a title yeah. nine or a title i'm forgetting the title <laughs> school no, um uh what about yeah blah 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 so yeah it's gonna be fun all the different mm-hmm. there's just so many different environments and yeah. subjects and experiments and everything that could just go so horribly yeah. wrong so yeah i'll definitely uh yeah. definitely have to keep an eye out for that one too thanks awesome sauce well do you have anything else that you want to go over you no hold on um I guess just uh, Eric Raglan1992 is where you can find me on pretty much all socials. Uh, I don't like Facebook because it sucks, but um, I'm on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and very minimally on TikTok, uh, Eric Raglan1992. So perfect. Follow me there. And um, definitely all that. Um, Okay. And your website and all the good things. Okay. I will send those to you. Fantastic. Well, thank you. For coming out sorry now i'm gonna like Gosh. i'm i'm getting ready to go to the gym i know it's like crazy late no, but <laughs> i'm trying to miss the whole new year new me crowd oh, yeah yeah mm-hmm. um so now i'm gonna spend my whole workout like trying to imagine what it would be like to walk into a room and be 20 years back in time okay and- <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> trying to figure out exactly how I would feel about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> food for thought. Always food for thought. Awesome. Well, thank yeah. you for your time, sir. And oh my uh, gosh, will, thank you, Tasha. We will definitely uh, be in touch. Like I said, I'll once your Kickstarter goes out, then we'll be because I I, I want to see this project. So cool. <laughs> we'll be that sharing it great. everywhere. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah, well, thanks, you Tasha. Good night, sir, and uh, we'll catch up with you later. Okay. You too. Awesome. Thanks. <laughs> Bye.